Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clicquot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. You promised you would take the kids to the zoo today. When are you going to mow the lawn? Your parents are coming over and you're not even dressed. You promised you were going to leave your wife for me. Don't let this happen to you. Everybody's working for the weekend, but your family and friends are always ruining your days off. Introducing football season. The best way to drown out the ones you love. Watch grown men run into each other head first. Marvel as overweight men chase a bouncing ball. Let the gladiators of today help you disconnect from the worries of the modern world. Get your 2018 college and pro football seasons today and we'll throw in the Sinner and the Saints tailgate show. Presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light for free. That's right, you'll get two football leagues. Luke Anderson. If you were at the gym and you saw Myers Leonard pull up in a Prius, met him at the swimming pool, but you didn't ever really have a chance to talk to him because he kind of dismisses of you, would you leave your name and number in his uh, windshield? Will Darkens. Like, I want to see more of the man bag, the alligator skin man And bag. two hours you'll never get back every Saturday morning for one low price. Just turn your dial to 1080. The Fan. Hey, happy Saturday morning. It is a celebration across the country. Who's not excited about Wild Card Weekend? The NFL playoffs are finally here. You jack football, 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 football. Man, and we get a little, uh, we get a little dessert on top of a wonderful football weekend. We get a national championship game. The NBA is officially started. Nurk fever is sweeping the nation. Man, I'm pumped about this weekend. Oh, <laughs> you okay? You okay in there? God, you gotta stop smoking. Well, I went from three to two packs. No, that's not bad. Good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. They yeah. say don't go cold turkey. They say wean yourself off. I think that's smart. Of the that, tar. That, cough, that cough will clear up. You should well, well you know what you should do. What all the kids are doing. You hmm. start vaping. Oh yeah, vape yeah. or jewel. Oh yeah, it makes you look so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, and then you don't get that gross cigarette smell that people don't like. Let me tell you something. I was at a uh, stoplight the other day, and there was a somebody who I assumed was younger than 21. They drove up, uh, you know, right next to me. It was two do, lane, two do, lane road. You understand? Do people under 21 drive anymore? I they thought do. they just took Uber and no, vaped no, no. in the Ubers. No, they drive. They drive. Okay. I didn't know that. And I was sitting there, and uh, the guy pulls up next to me, rolls down his window. Now, given I got my windows up, but. He gets out his vape pen, takes a big old inhale, and then just lets out this just massive plume of smoke from the car. And as he does it, his face just looks completely just dead. Yeah, that's because he's relaxed. Scared me. Calms your nerves. The kids are scaring me now. Oh, yeah? You worried about the kids? I'm a bit worried about no. the kids because I remember back when it was oh. cool to smoke a cigarette. When when you would sit on a street corner and then you'd, you'd flip your heater and then you'd just kind of like 
let it out and start talking to somebody. Now it's all about the vape pens, the colored hair, the Tiesto, all the crazy stuff. I'm uh, not about it. Welcome to being an old person. You criticize me. You criticize me often for being old. You just went on an old person rant. Well, you're worried about the youth worrisome. of today. You're worried about the youth of today. Yeah, you need to start smoking cigarettes. Quit quit it with the vape pen. I'm yeah, tired get, of it. Get back to cigarettes and be yeah. cool. You just stick it to your lip and then you sit there and just talk while it hangs off there. Yeah. And ash just falling there. Honey, it's 2 a.m. Huh? I haven't heard from you all night. Why aren't you here? Light the cigarette. That's none of your business. Uh, I think you get the old wooden pipe and a stove pop, top hat, and mm. you just sit there and you sit there and you you, you smoke like uh, like they used to back yeah. in the day. You get the you pack your corn cob pipe with the tobacco. And you sit there and do it like a snowman would. Kids don't know how to smoke these days. No, the rolling your own cigarettes. You ever have a buddy that did that? Yeah, I did, and he thought he was really cool for Both it. Those guys he, were super cool. And he cool. insisted upon doing it in front of people. Oh well, the only reason you you roll cigarettes is so you can do it in front of other people. Nobody's sitting around rolling cigarettes for their own enjoyment. Oh, I like the I like the feel of it. No, you do it for other people. There's so many things that people do just so other people think they're cool. We got into a conversation that was much deeper than that, but really that's what drives the motivation of a lot of people is making yourself look cool to other people, even if you don't think it's cool. People do everything, most everything, so other people will think they're cool. Well, Especially, I did that. Especially young people. I did that in college with dip, and then I realized oh. it was a really enjoyable hobby. <laughs> it was awesome. You started it because other people were doing it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my friends are doing it. And then I threw in a big old friggin' lip of Cope right in here, right in the front pouch. He's and I was pointing like, to his lip. Wow, I feel on radio. I feel amazing right yeah. now. Yeah. Especially after that huge meal. Yeah. Then you throw up because you... Well, that did happen. Actually, that's how I uh, that's how I quit uh, dipping. I I dipped for about five years, and Ooh. then uh, one time I did it at my mom's house right after a really big meal because that is it's really friggin' enjoyable to have a massive <laughs> meal and then throw a dip in and just sit and zone out for thirty minutes. I threw up, and my mom could hear me, and she goes, "What's wrong with you? Are you sick?" And there was just like tobacco and, uh, and friggin' burger meat everywhere in the toilet. Yeah. And she was like, "What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I gotta quit dipping." Yeah, Dusty used to dip in the studio and just leave. His still dip does cups sometimes, around, does he? I think he still. I, I does haven't sometimes. seen the dip cups around though. He used to leave them everywhere. Now I hope his wife's not listening because I know I've had some conversations with him before, and I, I don't, I don't think she knows that he is still on the dipper wagon. Oh, see, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on, uh, A, with his dipping habits. I just know that I don't see the dip cups any longer, and I don't know what conversations he had with his wife. So uh, if she's listening, you're welcome, or I'm sorry. And what the hell's wrong with you? You what? have a family. Why are you listening to this crap? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. You might want to shut this off if the kids are in the car, because we're going to talk so much football. Oh, it's a, it's, you know it's a football weekend, right? Dude, it's a super football weekend. It's a, it's a playoff, playoff. Playoff, playoff, championship, football weekend. Does it get any better than that? What are you most excited for? Oh, I don't know. There's a, there's I mean, a I know you're things. a Seahawks fan. but Yeah, I'm pumped for the Seahawks game. I will not deny that. But these matchups are intriguing. And, and I, I had the opportunity to do uh, a couple prime times this week because uh, Isaac was out sick. And we talked about this maybe too much. But you and I have talked about this a lot. The quarterback matchups this weekend – I think are so freaking awesome. In each of the four games that you have playing, you have a cagey veteran 
playing against a young guy in every single matchup. And that starts with Andrew Luck against Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, what a weekend for him. His team is playing in the national championship, and his star was born in those games against Alabama. He played twice as a Clemson starting quarterback against Alabama. He gets to watch his alma mater play. He played so well in those national championship games. I hope he comes out with the same intensity and fervor against the Colts this weekend. And Andrew Luck has been great. He's 3-3 three and three in the playoffs, but he throws a team on his back and just drags them through the muck. You have Lamar Jackson, who is playing for the first time. His, I think I heard his eighth start and I believe 218th start for one Phillip Rivers. So you have that matchup where both teams are set up to disappoint you. Which, by the way, let me say, Lamar Jackson should be rookie of the year. Yeah, he really should be. I'm hearing up. this from all sides. I'm hearing seven, people who are saying seven, Saquon Seven Barkley. regular season starts. I know, dude, but he put the, te- yeah. he put the team on his back, though. Dope. Like, really dope. Yeah, for dough. He for real did dough. dough. Okay. So then, then the other one is you have Dak Prescott 0-1 after a 13-win season failed in the playoffs in his first attempt. Maybe a bigger symptom of being a cowboy. But you have Russell Wilson, who I believe is 8-4 and four in his playoffs appearance. He's a Super Bowl champion. You've got Mitchell Trubisky playing against Nick Foles. There's nobody with a better passer rating in the history of the NFL playoffs than Nick Foles. He just had the dream season taking his team as a backup to the Super Bowl and then waiting in the next round, waiting in the wings. Jared Goff 0-1, Drew Brees, a Super Bowl champion, a legend in his own right, 7-5 in the playoffs. And then on the other side, Pat Mahomes in his first playoff start, waiting waiting for his first playoff start. And who's on the other side? Oh, just just Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, 27-10 in playoff history. How are you not jacked about every single matchup, every combination of possible matchups you can have in the next round? The quarterbacks are the most intriguing thing about this. Is that the show? That was it. We're all done. I mean, really, you just kind of, you, you just really wrapped up in a tidy little five-minute package the the NFL uh, yeah. playoffs. That's what? it. I don't, I don't know why we have to stick around. You want here. another quarterback matchup? Sure. I've got one more for the weekend. What? Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, sunshine. Tua. That one might be. That one might be. Uh, might be in the same category. I mean, you've got a guy that took over as a freshman, true freshman, took over after week four, so that they could give Kelly Bryant one more year of eligibility against Tua, who was in a even more unforeseen spot last year's championship game, where he came in, only played the second half, the first time we've seen him all year in a meaningful spot. And then he had a Heisman campaign this year where he ended up being runner-up. So you've got another guy that's been there against a guy that never has. So to me, this is this is the perfect confluence of quarterback matchups like has never been seen in a weekend of playoff football, college, and pro. Well, 55305 Woo! is the better you today text line. And actually, the bigger question that I have, even just in the quarterbacks, is have you ever had a more uncertain playoff and Super Bowl picture ever? Like, I feel like even years before this, I can't remember a time where I looked at the playoff field and I go, I have no idea who's going to make it. Yep. I really don't. I can see a little bit on the NFC side. You just kind of go, okay, I know the Saints are at least going to make it to the NFC title game. But do you, though? I do Yeah, I do. do yeah, I think they'll make it to the NFC title game. But at the same time, hey, if the Rams can play well against them, you know, in the dome, which we didn't see earlier. So wait, this wait, season. wait. You just said it's uncertain and you've written in the Rams and Saints in the NFC Championship game. Hold on. You didn't let me finish. Okay. Now, if the Bears can ride that, that, uh, that nice little wild card, they, it, it'll be very interesting. The Saints are really the only team that I can go, yeah, I feel pretty certain they can make it to the NFC title third? game. But even look on the other side, yeah. there's no way in hell I trust the Chargers. <laughs> uh, the 
Chiefs, Andy Reid, there's something where he loses a lot in the playoffs. Yeah. There's just a lot of uncertainty, which makes the fo- which makes football so much better to watch. You know, the NFL came out this past week and they said year over end, they've gained ten percent in listenership. In viewership. In viewership. Yeah, well, you, you know what though? I, I do want to uh talk about that a little bit and we'll we'll dive into that uh, probably an hour or two. Um but those numbers aren't exactly what they purport to be. So, oh? yeah, Fox did a deep dive in those numbers, and I've got some interesting math to share with you. But what I do want to do is get it out of the way. We have to talk about it. The college football playoff is on Monday. Uh, we've been riding this wave all year. We end up with a, a matchup of the same two teams for the fourth year in a row, third time in a championship game. So let's start with the college football playoff. We'll do a little NBA, and we will f- do the entire second hour of NFL an NFL playoffs. The NBA. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird stories in the NBA we need to talk about. We will, oh, like that thing everybody's trying to convince you that James Harden's good? There is a pile of very bizarre stories in the NBA. It will be rapid fire. We will do a lot of NBA. We'll do it all in one segment, and I promise you we will get to football, football, football. NFL is the uh, entire second hour. That's what we're going to do today, and you're going to have a great time listening. You'll be smarter. You'll probably laugh. You'll probably cry. You're going to have... One hell of a ride. You might you call think, the FCC. Whoa. Because we might curse on air. That's true. I'm it, getting pretty frigging close. If ever there were a day that an F-bomb would be dropped, it is today. Listen and see what happens on the Sinner and the Saint. Plenty to come next. You're listening to 1080 The Fan. Man, I am pumped for this weekend. Okay, can you just bring it down a bit? No, I can't. Well, here's the thing. I am pumped for this weekend, but there will be disappointment. There will definitely be disappointment on some front, and that is why our Twitter poll speaks to that. At Center Saint 1080, Will Darkens, what is our poll? Who's going to let you down this weekend? Options, Phillip Rivers, Lamar Jackson, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, you're not going to Mitchell. No, because I think once he hits the playoffs, he's Mitch. Oh, it's Mitch time. Yeah, it's one of those kind of weird things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then your final option is the Cowboys placeholder, whoever it is. And that's a nod to uh, Tony yeah. Romo. Against the Seahawks. Yes. Yeah, I think we're all familiar with that. Um, so go ahead and uh, place your votes now at Center Saint 1080. We will get some results uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, and you will be very excited to hear them because we're really good at radio. Yeah, we're pretty good. I mean, we've no, gotten used to it now. We're really We've messed up enough times that now <laughs> it sounds natural when we do other things, you know. I'm confused. What does that mean? What? Huh? I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm scared. I'm old. Why are kids vaping? Here's my big question for you, though, outside of the NFL. And like I said, the entire second hour is going to be dedicated to the NFL. So don't you worry. Okay. Monday is a national championship game. We've seen in reports that ticket prices are very low. Last year, ticket prices went as high as $1,700 just to get into the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. Now, granted, it was played in Atlanta, and Georgia was one of the two teams playing against Alabama and another team from the South. This year, it's played in Santa Clara, but you can get in for less than $200, as low as $142.50 for tickets and there's still tickets available for it. So my question to you, Mr. Darkins is it doesn't seem like the nation is as interested in this third round matchup. Are you interested in watching Monday night's game? First, I'm going to tell you that I think the nation is interested in Monday night's lineup. I think they are. It's just the fact that it is in 
by far, and I'm I'm confident in saying this, the worst <laughs> stadium ever built ever. And it's not worst because of the fact that, oh, yeah, uh, once you hit about 1 o'clock, one whole side of the stadium will be cooked. And you get blinded. The, the players yes. get blinded. I mean, we saw this at the uh, the Red Box Bowl is, is players could not see. I know Oregon had the dropsies all year, but they were saying depending on which way you were looking, you could not see the football because of the sun. It's not just that. It's the fact that it is in Santa Clara where nobody goes well, and how about the unless turf? you live there. Well, and the turf is terrible. Turf's terrible. I, I think that really the 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 ticket prices and how many people will show up, I don't think that's very indicative of what – the viewership will be of this game. I think if you got Alabama and Clemson anytime, it's yeah. going to be a great game. And we saw from the semifinals that these two teams are obviously the best teams in mm-hmm. the country. We saw maybe from the Rose Bowl that, hey, we should have let Ohio State in because they absolutely crushed Washington. But they also did what they did all year, which is where they have those lapses. And instead of finishing the game, they took that nap and let Washington almost come hey, back. Hey, hey, I guess so. Hey, there's a lot of people who put money on that game <laughs> at five and a half points and they lost. They're their bets. So, but I mean, that's what that's who Ohio State was all year was a team that was bipolar. Well, and I think that you know the other kind of thing you saw from the bowl season, especially on New Year's Day, was the Sugar Bowl, where you had Georgia have that letdown mm-hmm. game. Honestly, when you saw Oklahoma and Texas play in the Big Twelve title game, you didn't see so much that these teams were equal, but these teams weren't really up to par with the rest of the Big Four. They just weren't. They weren't playing at a great level of football, and so. Then when Texas went on to play Georgia, I initially thought, okay, this is just going to be a whooping from Georgia. No, man, they're let down because they basically dropped the game against a team that lost a Heisman candidate and let Jalen Hurts come in and beat you. I don't think they were motivated for that game. That's never an excuse for losing a huge New Year's Day bowl game. But at the same time, it's the reality. They played down to Texas's level. Yeah, but they, they also had the opportunity to go out and prove that they belong there. And now no one is saying that because they lost that game. But the other thing to keep in mind about Monday night's game is I know this is round three of Clemson, Alabama in the championship game. Mm. The first two were awesome games. They were, except the semifinal wasn't. Well, no, that's why I said the championship games. And last year's championship game that featured Alabama against Georgia was an awesome football game. It was. So so that's, that's the other thing. I know that people always say, oh, I'm so sick of the Patriots being there. I'm so sick of Alabama being there. The Patriots Super Bowl games in the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era, have been great football games. The Alabama games since the college football playoff have started in the championship have been great football games. Well, people crave parody until you get entertainment. Yep. And, you know, people crave parody, and then you got Notre Dame. That was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing semifinal for both teams. It really honestly was. And I know Oklahoma started to play better in the second half, but – God, man, Kyler Murray just looked lost out there. And you he, and I, you and I were texting during that game, oh, and I tuned oh. out. Like I just after watching Notre Dame try, try, try to keep pace with Clemson because they had like there's a couple bounces that you're like, oh, if that kickoff that was fumbled out of bounds stayed in bounds and they actually yeah. got it, maybe they have a chance. But it was just like all the help that they were supposed to get, they didn't quite get. And then they were just, they were outmatched. They were putting in the third and fourth string D-line for Clemson, and they were still getting home for sacks in the third and fourth quarter. It was embarrassing. And then you see the start to the Alabama game where they're up 28 now, then you go, oh, God, another one. Some texture kind of alludes to, on the Better You Today text line, 55305 alludes to maybe it's just Pac-12 play that's maybe haunting Levi Stadium. They say, realize the last two college football games played at Levi Stadium featured 26 combined points and one offensive touchdown. Maybe there are some issues 
to be looked at. Maybe well, the, some they, other they have, issues. So maybe yeah. it's it's more to your point, the whole turf thing and the whole yeah. blinded by the light thing. I, I think it's really kind of a thing of, and I can tell you this as a college football player, if you go into a stadium that is not yours and you go and play a bowl game and there was nobody there to cheer you on, you're not very motivated to play. Yeah. You just aren't, especially if you're part of a power conference. And I kind of thought that with the Oregon in the Red Box Bowl. I thought, dude, it sucks the fact that you did show pretty good with your fans coming out. But that stadium wasn't full. Well, the Michigan was Michigan, barely full. Yeah, Michigan State didn't bring anybody. No. I mean, I was talking with uh, somebody that went to the game, and he was saying, yeah, there was no presence for Michigan State. The people that showed up weren't very enthusiastic. And the other thing is you don't get people that go to the bowl game just because it's the bowl game. You know what I mean? Like the Red Box Bowl doesn't draw. I guess that used to be the Emerald Nuts Bowl, right? And the San Francisco Bowl oh, that you, yeah. you played. Oh, I played in the Emerald Nuts Bowl. But that's, that's Let me tell you something. I partied my nuts off in oh, that bowl. I see what you did yeah. there. Actually, I didn't. FC, is that uh, our FCC? I got, uh, I got alcohol poisoning before the game. <laughs> Or not before the game, before we uh, uh, flew there. Good for you. I was sick the entire time at the Emerald Nuts Bowl. Well done. It's, no, it wait, wasn't well done. It was awful. Wait, that's a, are, are that's a free vacation to San Francisco that I was sick throwing up in the hotel yeah. room. I could barely get through practice because the night before we left for the flight, I was like, oh, time to party. I'm red shirt. And I don't give an ass. Like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. Well, but that's. Well, there you go. Are, are nuts a good cure for a hangover? <laughs> no, they're not. That was our bowl gift, and I'm bitter about that still. As you should be. Yeah, you could have got a Redbox coupon. Uh, but the, to your point, that being the worst stadium ever built, I don't think that's that far off, considering in its era, right? I mean, you're building it in a renaissance across sports where they're building these beautiful stadiums. We just got the rend- renderings from the Portland Diamond Project. Major League Baseball is going and building these really cool ballparks that are fan-friendly. You see what they're doing in Jerry's World, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. CenturyLink up in Seattle, man, is an awesome place to watch a football game. The 49ers have a chance to build a new stadium, and they build it an hour outside of the city. It's two and a half hours with game day traffic. You don't invite the Raiders to go, so now the Raiders have to go and build this new stadium, which apparently is going to be insane in Las Vegas. You see the renderings and the progress that they have on the one in Los Angeles. That thing is going to be looked at in years to come where people look at it and goes, man, look at all of the cool things that have been built in professional sports at the same time as that dump of a stadium. It's going to be looked at in such a negative light as these two new NFL stadiums are built that I think you might be right. It's, it's kind of, a, a tragedy that that they and they're stuck with it. Well, and at least for football stadiums, I know that there's this trend now going. And I with the Portland Diamond Project, they're kind of trying to follow it too. And I think that baseball stadiums are also following it. Is yeah. that you don't create the stadium, you create the environment, the right? Experience. You, you're wanting to create yep. a uh, environment around it mm-hmm. where you have restaurants, affordable housing. You, yep. you create an actual community that is within the stadium itself. The I think that a lot of what a lot of team owners are seeing, and it's very smart, it's very apt of them, is that the game so much for this generation coming up is not the event, but going to the event and experiencing it yep. as a, an entire kind of environment for yourself. I, I think that's a bigger deal to to new sports fans than, you know, guys like us who just yep. want to go to the game and watch it. Well, and the other, the other symptom, of course, that we're falling into is that the the entire bowl season is not a fan experience friendly proposition. 
the bowl season is a TV show. It's a TV season, right? I mean, you watch the the bowl games throughout the year, and there's nobody in any of the stadiums. And I think when you set up these national championship games and you set it up across the country from where both teams are from, you set it up in a stadium that has not shown well in, I don't think, any games. Uh, and, and then you have, uh, you know, all of the symptoms of, of people going – Hey, if I stay home, I'm going to have a better experience. That's where they really miss. So I think you're totally right. But I'm watching it. Should be a fantastic game. Hey, let's do this. Let's rapid fire through some very insane NBA stories that are popping up. Funny NBA stories. These are all funny. Everything there's one that's, that's not, well, There's one that's not funny. They're, most of them are funny. Most of them are all very funny. I agree. So we will rapid fire through those. We'll do good versus evil. And then we're back into the NFL. Go to Center Saint at Center Saint 1080 on Twitter. Participate in our poll. Play along on the text line. 55305 is the Better You Today text line. And uh, when we come back, we will talk about, what is it? Funny NBA stories? That's how you want to call it? Yeah, you just said that. Let's do that after the news. Okay, here's your dose of NBA. We're going to do it quick. We're going to do a rapid fire, and then we're going to get back to football. All right, let me uh, let me tie my arm up real quick so you can inject this hot dose of NBA. All right, I'm going to start with something that you were questioning this morning. Do you have any more belief after Nurk played against a real center last night and Steven Adams still at 22 points? Is Nurk fever for real? No. Okay. That's easy. Playing against a real center. Well, of course he played better against a real center. See, that's my whole belief on this. I think Yusuf Nurkic, for the most part, is an obsolete player. I think he's somebody that doesn't have the type of game that the NFL or NFL, the NBA is going (laughs) towards in the next five years. You know what I mean? Like, I think he plays down. I mean, of course, that was very easy for him to play against somebody like Steven Adams because, you know, both paint players. They're both dinosaurs. Yeah, if both of them can sit in the paint and go you know, toe-to-toe with each other, I think most of them are going to score points and get rebounds and play great defense. But Yusuf Nurkic, for the most part, has trouble running the floor. His shot outside of 17 feet is shaky at Inside best. of three feet, it's a little shaky yeah. sometimes. And, you know, really, whenever he does that roll to, I don't know what you call it, like <laughs> throwing the ball up, acting like he's been hit in the head, I, I, he's just a very inconsistent offensive player in a league that you have to be offensive at every single position now. He's also 24 years old, and he's playing a little bit more consistent this year if you look at it overall, but he's on a five, six-game stretch that has been the best of his career. And you just hope that somebody, somebody on this roster can take some attention away from just keying in on Damian Lillard. So I think it's a good sign. Oh, we got our first case of somebody texting in on the Better You Today text sign, 55305 of Jimmy Butler coming to the Blazers. Yeah, that, God, was, that was quick. Well, this is the next one for you, buddy. Uh, you believe in the process. <laughs> you believe in the process more than anybody else. I mean, usually it takes, I, I'm sorry, I, I just want to mention this. Usually this takes about 10 minutes, <laughs> and then somebody like somewhere out on the text line throws out the little like, Hey, but what if he was on the uh, Blazers? Yeah, so Jimmy Butler, uh, third stop is Philadelphia. He's only been there, what, a couple months, and he's already having uh, shouting matches. This was actually in Portland, a uh, shouting match with Brett Brown, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. He was screaming at Scotty Brown. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brett Brown. Yeah, so Jimmy Butler, is uh, is he the – is okay, what are the chances Philadelphia does – anything when they get to the playoffs do they get this corrected do they get this on the right path or are they just going to be a forgotten team and the process is going to go down in a pile of flames like i've said for years okay 
You need to just cool it. All right. Oh, oh, you need to you need to remove whatever hate you have for the process because oh, you so are so much hate for the process. You are an anti-processite. I am. You are. Yep. Yeah. You're I'm you're a, a process. I'm a processoclast. You're you are. Yeah. You are the racist version of a processed. What? I'm a processist? Uh no, I think they're fine. I mean, it's still young in the NBA season. I know that we're creeping up on the halfway mark, but also consider that you're in the Eastern Conference. You're going to make the playoffs. You have far too much talent on your team to not make the playoffs. Look at the Oklahoma City Thunder last year with Carmelo Anthony. They had too much talent to get drugged down by Carmelo Anthony to not make the playoffs. Now, are they going to get far in the playoffs? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that's kind that's of the question. question. That is a question. And that so, is exactly the question. That's so, exactly how I phrase so it. So if they sit at that four to five mark, you have to understand that at some point they're probably going to play the Raptors, right? Mm -hmm. Raptors at least seem at this point like they're going to be the number one Celtics, seed. Raptors, I think, are your top two. Yeah, the, for the most part. I mean, the Raptors, they would have to have Bucks. something pretty catastrophic happen. Kawhi Leonard sit out for a month or something. Yeah. Um, for a year, play nine games the rest of the year. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I don't think that it's – I don't think you have to think of this year as your rate of success. Mm. I, I think with Jimmy Butler, you have to let him integrate into the team. you got some really big personalities there. I know Embiid was – He's a free agent after this year, though, yeah, so he, he's not he happy. He was bitching a lot about how he wanted mm -hmm. to be inserted into the offense and everything. Yep. I think Jimmy Butler, for the most part, will realize that not only Philly can offer you the most money, but really the most opportunity because where else are you going to go? Los I guess, Angeles. L.A.? Yeah. But do you really want to play along with LeBron James? I know. If you want to be the star, that's the reason yeah. he left Chicago is he wasn't getting the star treatment, and then he wasn't getting it. And I think finished. that's his problem, man. He can't outweigh the fact that he wants a lot of money, but he also wants to be a star. Yeah. It, it's not going to work either way, and you're not going to win enough games because, I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler, you're not that good. You brought up Kawhi Leonard. He was booed viciously was by awesome. the San Antonio Spurs. Isaiah Thomas, young Isaiah Thomas, has come to defend him. How would you like it if we went to your office and booed you? Now, here's my question. You went in and booed Dirt yesterday. Yeah, yes. I booed him on live on air. Why does why is it that sensitive pro athletes always go that direction, but they never go, how would you like it if we went and cheered you for years and supported you through all of your ups and downs and went in and were big supporters of you, and then if you abandoned us, we booed you? That's Seems fair, right? That's the right of fans to go. Sounds like my people. dad. Ho! Ho! Family trauma. Well done. Well done. But I mean, come on. This is this is the lamest argument in sports. What if we booed you? Dude, you don't cheer me. You don't support me. Kawhi Leonard got a lot of love from those fans. And the way he left, he abandoned the team last year and then basically demanded a trade and got what he wanted. The fans are allowed to boo you and should have booed him, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. You have every right. And I think with what, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pro sports is, I mean, you have to understand that pro sports is an enterprise that tries to make money, right? Well, it's trying no to entertain people. And so it, it's not, so I know they sometimes call certain leagues like the NBA, right? The NBA is a player's league. They well, allow the exactly players right, a lot yeah. of freedom, but at the end of the day, almost every single professional franchise or professional league it's not a player's league. It's a fan's league. It's yeah. for the fans. Everything you do is for the fans. So if they want to boo and do that, hell, let them boo. They paid for the seats. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And at the end of the day, Kawhi Leonard's somebody who seems like he's very sensitive and self-conscious. And, you know, if you boo him and he has a problem with it, well, who cares? Because he's probably not going to stay in Toronto anyway. He's going to do the same thing to them. 
And then he'll probably go to, I don't know, the Clippers. And I'm sure scheduling will work out at some point that they'll play the Raptors in Toronto. Maybe not the next year, but the year after. And then he'll get booed again. He's just going to have to face that criticism because he's somebody who has pretty much set his career course on being kind of a douche. <laughs> well, and then, <laughs> He but, is. He's kind of a douche. Yeah. He forced him his way out of San Antonio. And this is what comes with more control, right? You want it to be a player's league, but you don't want people to react to the sure. decisions yeah. that you make. You go and force your way out of a city. that, And everybody knows it was you pulling the strings. Yes. Well, congratulations. You get to do what you want, but guess what? People get to react to it as if it was your decision. Because it was. And you were completely resistant to talking to the media about it or anyone about it. You're, you're mum on everything. Like, we don't, we can't get a read on you. Like, that, that's one of the most difficult parts about it, I really think. It's, a, you know, like LeBron James, at least, he came out after coming over to uh, Cleveland from Miami for his first game. You know, he got just viciously booed. But yeah. he came out after that, and he goes, yeah, I understand. Dude, Kawhi Leonard came out, and he goes, yeah, I blame the media for writing that narrative. Yeah. No, dude, you did, because you didn't say anything. <laughs> We, we don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. I, 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 are you offended? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And Isaiah Thomas, what are you doing speaking up for him? Yeah, dude, shut up. Yeah, yeah you, you go away. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, we've, we've had enough of you. Thanks. <laughs> we're, we're done. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of people we've had enough of, or at least I have, Enos Cantor. Mm. That guy talks more than any other irrelevant player in the NBA. But this story is actually a little bit more to the political troubles he's having with uh, the Turkish government. Two things. He has uh, he has decided not to go and play in the game that the Knicks are playing in London because he's worried about that. First, did you know that the NBA played games in London? Yeah, I did. No, I, I had no idea. They do the it NFL, from time to time. The NFL makes a big deal about it. Um, but what what's your feeling on Enos Cantor? A guy that's standing up for what he believes in and good for him? Or, dude, you talk way too much for a guy that's not that good. Enos Cantor's kind of a, a, a interesting case, right? Isn't because, it? Because, you know, he's, I mean, talk about douches like that guy. <laughs> he's constantly picking fights with other yeah. players, and, and it's he like really, he plays it, for a team that's there's terrible. there's no reason to. Like, exactly. There's no rhyme or reason for him picking fights. I do feel for him, though. I think it's a difficult situation, and I think, you know, the NBA is one of the most interesting leagues to me because it truly is an international league. Some of the best players are people from different countries. You have guys like Tim Duncan, who historically is an incredible player from a different country. You have somebody like well, Luka um, Doncic is coming in Luka or Dirk Doncic, or whatever. Kristaps yeah. Porzingis when he's yep. healthy. Yep. And so I, I feel for the guy, but at the same time, it's one of those situations where you have like the a-hole friend, like everybody's got the a-hole friend in their group. And then like you only learn like two years into the friendship that like something's really messed up about their family and you're trying hard to empathize with them. <laughs> but at the same time, you're this like, this is a perfect description. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, dude, screw that guy though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you had our time. We yeah. all have a little bit of our time. I get that your situation's a little worse because yeah. an entire government wants you taken down, but shut up. <laughs> like, I know your whole family died in a house fire, but I, <laughs> you're kind of a jerk. Like, I, it's hard for me to root for you. Yeah. Uh, last note on basketball is, did you see who that Bill Walton wants to put as the new UCLA head coach? Uh, I do. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Because I do have the audio for this. Oh, perfect. Okay. Would you like me to play it? Please and thank you. Who do you think can succeed here? What type of characteristics should UCLA look for in the next coach? Barack Obama. Well, he's. I don't think he's going to coach so well you keep saying that but why why are you so negative why do you just turn down 
give me some His names. brother-in-law yeah, coach. Yeah, Craig Robinson. I'm give sticking with Barack Obama until he says no. Oh, Bill Walton. <laughs> Bill Walton. I was during I, a UCLA game what, last night. I love you. I love you, Bill Walton. Now, that's not too far off, not the coaching thing, but there have been rumors for quite a while that uh, Barack Obama might consider uh, buying ownership stake in yeah. an NBA team, which I would love. That would be awesome. Well, yeah, but you that. love Barack Obama. I did. Yeah, you I do. did. He was probably my favorite president in my lifetime. Over Grover Cleveland? In my life. Oh, in your lifetime. In Got it. Got it. In a past life? Yeah, Grover Cleveland. Oh, no oh that Grover just William McKinley? Just huh? sh- well, yeah, now you're talking. Now, I like Dwight D. Eisenhower because he never smiled. Uh, or Teddy Roosevelt. Well, Teddy. He's a rough rider. Teddy's the guy. Now, I did actually want to read one text on the uh, Better You Today text line. Uh, Philly is the East Coast version of the Blazers, Blazers exiting playoffs early. Both start with uh, big finishes and L's. Markel Fultz is the 76ers version of Greg Oden. Okay. I don't know no, if that's, that's such a good no. translation because I never I, I felt like during Most, those Greg Oden years, there wasn't that much turmoil or am I was I those jaded? were the Brandon Roy years, too. So yeah. it was I don't yeah. feel like there was that much turmoil. I feel yeah. like there was a lot surrounded by Greg Oden, but I feel like the 76ers, it's like like macro, like yeah. Yeah. The the whole organization is kind of always in tumult. Well, uh, like, yeah, and the Blazers never had that uh, period of uh, twenty win seasons that lasted five years. Yeah, we had the Jail Blazers years. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, teams, at least we made the playoffs the once te- in that span. The, te- the teams were okay. They weren't terrible. They were terrible people. That was the difference. Uh, that is uh, where we end our NBA talk. We go to good versus evil next, then NFL in the second hour. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Until really the last run down there at the very end, felt like we were going to win the football game, even despite going down 28 nothing. I mean, we, we just kind of kept talking. Hey, we've been here, except we've been here with way less time and, and still found a way to come back before, and we've trailed seven now eight ball games here this year and uh, found a way to win almost all of them. that was every personal trainer at every gym being paid a hundred dollars a session to perpetually utter engage your core lincoln riley it was a hot and cool week for the young oklahoma head football coach on one hand the sooners were beat handily by alabama 45 to 34 in the college football semifinal but on the other hand riley and the school agreed on a new contract extension with higher pay much to my chagrin, admittedly, ah. it looks like the newest coaching wonderkin will not be NFL bound just yet. So do you think Riley made the right decision staying in the college ranks or did he flush an opportunity to coach Aaron Rodgers down the toilet? Does he love recruiting? Does he love everything that goes with coaching young men? Uh, kind of seems if, like it. If so, yeah, stick with it. I mean, I think you go with where your heart is. Obviously, he loves college football and the NFL is been unkind to a lot of uh, college football coaches trying to make that transition. Uh, It was brought up, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody was talking about how difficult it is for guys to make that transition, partly because how do you build a staff? 
you don't have these relationships with all of the guys that you need, the coordinators, the position coaches that kind of rotate around the NFL. The other thing that Oklahoma did this week is they hired Alex Grinch, uh, former Washington State defensive coordinator, who was with Ohio State to be their D.C., and I think that's going to make them a lot better, especially in the uh, Big 12 where nobody has ever really tried to play defense. So They've tried. No, no, they haven't. Well, maybe they are trying, and it's just that bad. Iowa State, I think, is the only team that tries to play defense in that conference, and it hasn't worked out uh, to get them to the top of the conference yet. So I think think everything is looking good uh, for Oklahoma right now, and who knows who plays quarterback for them next year, but I assume he wins the Heisman Trophy. And the thing is, I can sit there and say, this is what I want, but obviously we get out there and get in the interview process, and different guys are going to give you feels different ways. And so, uh, you know, we'll do as much homework as we can before we get into the interview process. And then, you know, try to find out which one's the best fit for us. That was Horse Whisperer and Kellen Moore's father, John Elway. He's talking during a press conference this week where the Denver Broncos decided they were not about that Vance Joseph life, firing the head coach after two seasons and an 11 and 21 record. He wasn't the only domino to fall on Black Monday, though. The Dolphins fired Adam Gase. Bengals fired Marvin Lewis, Cardinals fired Steve Wilkes, and the Bucks fired Dirk Cutter. For any head coaching candidate, it's a veritable pick of crappy jobs. <laughs> Which one looks the most appealing? So are we not including the Packers job in this then? Sure, because I think that one. I think that looks probably the most appealing would be the Packers. Uh, the Browns, I think, has a lot of upside, too. Oh, no, dude. No, hold on. Greg Williams, he's got that locked up. <laughs> he's got it locked up. Well, he's probably gotten four or five offers already since he's been, That's true. Since he's been sitting around. That's uh, pretty sweet that you just get emailed offers and you don't have to even interview. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those were both midseason firings, uh, so I think those both look appealing. As far as the ones that were kind of on the chopping block at the end, I don't think you want to work for John Elway. It's funny that you brought that one up. Does he whisper to horses or do horses whisper to him? So do you think there's horses that are advising him on how to that's, run the football that's, operations that's office? That's exactly how I think that it's happening. Um, I mean, if that's the case, those are some pretty damn smart horses. Yeah. I mean, I know they're not doing great, but the, just the fact that a horse could know how to put together any personnel. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, two jobs with young quarterbacks, uh, though, that I think would both be interesting. The Jets, there's probably a little more pressure being in New York, but not nearly as much as the Giants. And then uh, Josh Rosen in Arizona. I think one of those two jobs, if you're going to pick kind of the, the axis falling. You don't want to touch Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston. I don't think you want any part of Ryan Tannehill in uh, in Miami. And there's Case Keenum in Denver. So, yeah, I'd probably take one of the two jo- jobs that have a young quarterback in, uh, in, the, in the organization already. Even though he's clear legally with police down in Tampa doesn't mean he's clear of the NFL and its disciplinary system. We'll find out whether the NFL decides to do anything here in the coming months. But again, he is not in the clear with the NFL. That was a man who recently bought glasses to appear older, but in turn ended up looking more adorable. Adam Schefter, he's talking about another domestic abuse case in the NFL. This week, the state of Florida dropped a misdemeanor domestic violence charge against newly acquired Washington Redskin linebacker Reuben Foster. Now, this originates from an incident back in November between Foster and his ex-girlfriend. This news does not mean he can suit up for the Skins next season, considering Foster is still on the commissioner's exempt list. What do you think the NFL should do now? Uh, They'll probably suspend him for the start of the season. He's 24 years old. He's a very good linebacker. Even if they suspend him for eight games, he'll still come back and play. And as long as he doesn't get uh, two or three more of these, he'll probably have a decent NFL career. 
it's you know we a lot of people compare it to Ray Rice. I think you even brought it up before the show when we were chatting about this a little bit. Ray Rice with the at the end of his career, he was a less productive back, and then he got in trouble. Then the video came out. Remember, it was only a two-game suspension to start, and then the video came out and it got worse. Adrian Peterson got in trouble for domestic or uh, child abuse, um, but. He was more talented than Ray Rice came back. Greg Hardy had a job after his domestic abuse uh, scandal. Granted, there wasn't video. Joe Mixon has a job in the NFL. Reuben Foster will continue to play because he's very good and he's very young, unfortunately. I think there's kind of a difference sometimes with what we look at with Ray Rice and what we look at with other players that have had this problem before, um, you know, because of the whole pay thing. You know, like you don't have to pay a linebacker as much as you would possibly a franchise or fringe franchise running back. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I think you could pay Reuben Foster maybe a little bit less money to begin with. Yeah, but the other thing with Ray Rice is he wasn't young enough to come in and be a, you know, a fill-in back to go and play. In his, in spots. He yeah. just wasn't good enough to take the risk on. He was but, on that edge. But it there's a like, lot eh. of Joe Mixon. I mean, that video was as bad uh, as as the Ray Rice one, I would say, when he you know punched the girl in the little diner in Oklahoma, and he got drafted because of it because there's more upside. Joe Mixon, yeah. Joe Mixon, yeah. yeah. All right, time for my favorite story of the week, and this one takes place up in the high skies. Oh, cool. That's in the air somewhere on an airplane, I'm guessing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. It's a story about an airplane. Is somebody high on an airplane? Were you doing a double on tall there a diamond medallion delta passenger had a dehumanizing experience when forced either to sit in feces or miss his flight what matthew meehan was on the last flight from atlanta to miami now this happened back in november when he realized the plane hadn't been cleaned properly but what he thought would be just another stinky flight turned out to be much worse i sit in my flight says matthew and, or I sit in my seat, and I immediately smell something. And I thought, not another flight that smells bad. Uh, but it wasn't until he noticed that what really did smell bad was somebody had pooped in his seat. <laughs> what? And then I went to take my charger out, bent down completely to charge my phone, and realized that it's not just the smell. It's actually feces, and it's all over the back of my legs. Oh. It's all over the floor. It's all over the wall oh. of the plane. And I sat in it. So he notified them. And he said, dude, you got to clean this up or you got to move me or something. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not going to sit in feces. And basically the attendants go, well, you either got to get off this plane or you're going to sit in it because we don't have any empty seats. Like, this is it. Yeah, but you don't have somebody that can come and clean it? No, they're taking off. I understand. There are people that work on the plane. Are you telling me that if somebody – so, okay. Okay. Mid-flight, somebody deuces in their seat. Okay. There is no plan for cleanup on a flight during the flight. So he goes, excuse me, uh, flight attendant. I just crapped my pants. I just, I just pooped all over my seat. Yeah. Can you help me maybe get this cleaned up? Oh, sorry, we're not. No. Do you do, really? Do you tell the flight attendant? Like, if you crapped okay. your pants on yeah. a plane, would you tell the flight attendant? No, absolutely not. Really? No. Dude, I think you'd have to tell somebody at some point. I mean, let's say you're. No, 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 no. Let's you're, say it's a three-hour flight. Wait, wait, wait. In this situation, yeah, the person didn't just crap in their pants; they crapped out of their pants onto the seat. Yeah. When you poop in your pants, it's in your pants. This is all over the seat somehow. They have plastic gloves, I assume. If somebody vomits or defecates, whatever it is, right? They have the rubber gloves. They probably have cleaning supplies. How can you not 
clean this, put him in a jump seat, clean the thing up. You can still take off on time or you could. Well, the difference is, is that if I've sat I'm in blinds. crap. Yeah. You're already um, covered in it. Well, I'm covered in it. I'm taking my clothes off. Like I, I'm not, like I'm not wearing those pants. Your move is just going, all right, well, I'm going to be naked. Yeah. All sitting. Pretty sit. much. I, I don't want to have to deal with this. Now, I want to just put this question back not on a you. a blanket or, a, you know, you, you patch together all of the, uh, all of the flotation the devices, yeah. the flotation devices and put those on. Like, okay, here's my question just, to you though. You're that, just going to have to sit in it. Here's my question that goes to you with this, because this is an important question. You crap your pants on a flight. At what point do you tell somebody? Uh, only so I, because everyone well, smells it, dude. Everyone's gonna smell it, and everyone's gonna keep looking back at your row. I, they're just gonna do it, and they're gonna keep going. It smells awful. It smells like somebody pooped their pants. I have a good friend who pooped his pants at the bachelor party, and he was a little embarrassed, but he told everybody right away. Here's how he told everybody: he "Goes well, not as bad as last time." Wait, what? What happened last time? Well, last time he was at work. Tells everybody. And there was a brown spot. And he goes, this is this is what I would do. I would take his plan. Here's what he did. He pooped his pants at work. Mm. You could see through his pants that he had pooped his pants. Sure. So what did he do? He told everybody that he pooped his pants because he assumed they wouldn't believe him. So he just said it like, oh, yeah, yeah, I pooped. What? Because you, you say it in a cheery way with a little bit of that a doesn't work. sideways now i'm worried about you this is what he did oh. he said it worked and nobody believed him because he was so honest about it so i think you go that move you go i think you i would up. believe him because then if he turned his pants and i saw the poop and he was really yeah, and i smelled it i'd be like yeah oh why did you poop your pants what's wrong with you so are you not an adult so the lady Can you next, not control the, your the sphincter the lady next to you on an airplane you smell something you go oh what's that smell and she looks over and she goes poop my pants would you believe her if she said it with a smile, without any shame. Uh, yeah, I would probe more. I'd go, really? <laughs> if she's like, yeah, I pooped him, I'd be like, well, let's see him. <laughs> and if she lifted her butt up and I saw brown, I'd be like, you need to find another hey, listen, seat. Listen, this is the only time that anybody has given me an effective strategy for this situation. He was in this situation. We've had this conversation many times. Apparently, it worked for him. I don't know anything else that works in that situation. So I just, I default to that. This really sucks because you're hot and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I was going to try to make my move. You yeah. want to clean up the, the uh, turd sandwich you dropped in your pants? Yeah. And come back and we'll get a drink. Like, does this make you feel more open to me now? Because, I mean, I'm a little worried. Yeah. Well, go clean it up. Do your best you can. Come back here. I'm going to keep macking on you, sweetheart. All right. That was good versus evil. It's brought to you by our friends at the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 at 2454 East Burnside or 52nd in Woodstock. NFL, NFL, NFL. Wildcard weekend, hour two of the Center and the Saint is next, right here on 1080 The Fan.